Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Welcome, everybody, to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. We're Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. Let's have a word of prayer. We get right into today's Bible lesson. Father, we thank you today, sir. We praise you. We, we open our hearts and we open our minds to hear to hear what you say. Father, we are determined to only say what we hear you say and only do what we see you do. And we thank you for it. Thank you for the Spirit of God, our living teacher that, that dwells on the inside of us. And we receive it today by faith in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Would you join me again today in welcoming Dr. Caroline Leaf to this Thank broadcast? You, doctor, welcome. I, uh, Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about what we've been talking about. I, you, uh, you mentioned something uh, before we, uh, before we turn the camera on <laughs> about uh, IQ, and because everybody is a little familiar. Yes. It's one of those things everybody's familiar with and nobody knows anything about. <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah. right, you're right. And if you would tell us what IQ is and how they've used it in the world and what is different about that and what we're talking about. Okay. When, we, when the brain doesn't control us, we control the brain. Yes through the mind. Yes, which is so powerful. So if you think of the fact that the, we, in the first broadcast we spoke about that we wired for love. Yeah. And we, if you look at that concept of being wired for love, God is infinitely intelligent, we all agree. So if we are made in His image and wired for love, that means that we have an intelligence that will continue to develop. So what the research actually shows is that we are as intelligent as we want to be. So the more you use your mind correctly, the more intelligent you actually become. So the more you study to show yourself approved, the more you develop your expertise and whatever it is that you do, the more brain cells you'll grow. So when you develop your mind, your brain responds which is what we've been saying. So intelligence is not limited, it's unlimited. So that's the premise that we start with, that we are un, have this unlimited intelligence and it's constantly growing throughout our life as we are thinking deeply, thinking intellectually, we're constantly changing our brain. So our brain can be constantly redesigned. Now based on that, we, the world has looked at this in the opposite way, that IQ is fixed and limited. God is not fixed and limited. We're made in His image. So we're not fixed and limited. So the truth is, is that an IQ is typical of, of, of man trying to limit man, trying to say that that's all you are. It comes from looking at us like we are animals, that we just instinctively react or that we are some kind of biological automatum, as I mentioned earlier on. So the IQ movement measured people. Now, Watch the, watch the illogic of this. If you try and measure someone, it means that you're trying to place a ceiling or a limit on their potential. However, the brain continues to develop throughout our lifestyle depending on how we use it. So you can't limit a person. Where you are now, today, is different to how we will be at the end of this broadcast because we've already we'll gained new knowledge. So you are constantly, moment by moment of every day for the rest of your life, in, increasing your intelligence. IQ says, the opposite of that. It says, this is your fixed status. 
this is who you are. It's a limited set of tests. It's also unscientific. It has been proven that it's not a scientific way of measuring people. Now, having said that, there's obviously always a use for something like IQ, but it simply doesn't tell you about your potential. It's more like a snapshot. It's mm. more like this is where you're at today. And, it's, and it doesn't even look at all these skills of human nature. So it's incredibly limited. No matter how many different types of IQ tests, it's incredibly limited. So in, and it was developed in an era where man was, the brain was still seen as unchangeable and that um, man's mind was basically not really that important. It was just this emergent property, this like residue kind of artifact, which is crazy. Anyway, so then they moved to the second kind of era, which is called the categorizing movement. So instead of saying, instead of trying to measure you, they put you in a box, put you in a category. So we, that was the birth of all the personality profiles that you see out there, lots of different personality mm, profiles. I remember when that, when that began to be yeah, and it's talked quite, about. Yes, and it's quite big. You get quite <coughs> a lot of different types of tests and a lot of corporations use them, a lot of churches use them to try and understand people. It's an improvement on the measuring, but it's still grouping people, it's still categorizing, it's still trying to put you in a box. So in a way, it's still limiting you. And it's looking at, and it's trying to say, you're a type this person, you're a type that person, you're a type that person, and categorizing people into these different types. Now that's also incorrect, it's incorrect science. It's not based on correct science at all. Now in terms of that statement, science is, um, God made everything as we know. So science is simply understanding what God has made. So when we study the human brain neuroscience, we are just understanding what he's made. If he's doing botany, we're understanding the science of plants, whatever. So whatever science you are studying, that science is, science is simply us trying to understand what God gave us. Okay, so based on that, science changes as we get more knowledge, as God reveals more. So science dies one funeral at a time. Science is not perfect. It is not the ultimate standard. The Bible is the ultimate That's standard. Right. So science is simply us trying to understand this and as God reveals bit by bit. So the IQ movement was very limited. The categorizing movement was supposed to be an advance on that, but it still limited people because it wasn't really, it's still not freeing people to be who they are. Mm. So there's a third movement, and that's the movement that I'm involved in that um, I actually called through my research the geodesic movement. Geoid, geodesic comes from the word geoid, and a geoid is a dome, and it means all-encompassing. So all-encompassing, it means all-encompassing, it means a spherical thing, it's endless, and it means unlimited. So that is a clearer definition of what Psalm 139 says we are, which says that we are uniquely, fearfully and wonderfully made, as we know what the scriptures say. Unique means standalone, set apart, unlimited, limitless, ongoing, constantly developing, which is what the third, the third movement of trying to understand people, that's what it would, would be more accurately placed within that. So IQ measures, very limited. Personality profiles categorize putting people in boxes, too limited. What we have to do is recognize the unique individual nature of man, which is what the Bible says, that there's something you can do that no one else can do. There's something you can do that no one else can do. There's something I can do that no one else can do. So, and that goes for every mm. single person listening to us and every single person on the planet. So I can't put you in a box because you are your own box. I can't measure you because you're unmeasurable, because there's a, 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 a limitless in your wired for love design that is unlimited. So when we take away those very limiting measures and we look at the unique individual, we see in the brain that that's reflected. So in the brain, the law of the brain is diversity. 
which means unique, which means that even though we have the same basic brain structures and laws and neurophysiology and all that stuff, how our mind designs our brain is unique to every human. So the thought that you're building right now and the thought that you're building right now and the thoughts that the viewers listening to us are building right now, it's all the same information, but each and every one of us will build our own unique designer thought pattern tree, literal tree in our brain, a thought pattern in our brain that is completely different to everyone else. And then we get married. <laughs> And then we lose all our individuality. Is that what you're about to say? <laughs> our trees get redesigned. Yes, that's right. Well, and that's over so the years, we become more alike. Yes, but that's, 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 a, that's an enhancement. So you're still sure. completely unique, but you're enhancing each other because of the whole principles of becoming one and all that kind of thing. So what's happening is that you are enhancing Kenneth's gift and Kenneth is enhancing your gift. So we are designed because we can't ever... this. This philosophy that I'm sharing with you, which is very much a spiritual philosophy of uniqueness, means that I can only celebrate you. I can't envy you because I can't. I'd make a lousy you, make a lousy you. You'd make a lousy me, but we each make a great ourselves. So if I envy what you have, I cause brain damage, and that's literally what happens. Because mm. when you envy or compete with someone else, you go against the natural wired for love design. Because you can never do what that other person has is what you think Judge is better. Judge not. Judge not for you. Yeah. I mean, that's what Jesus was talking exactly. about. Exactly. Do not envy. Do not desire another man's gift. You know, all these things, as soon as you do that, you actually lose sight of what God has placed within you, the uniqueness of how you think. Well, and when you think about it, all criticism, you're criticizing some of the people. People criticize other people and really don't realize that that's what they're doing. But it's, 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 it's gossip's first cousin. Yes, I like that. That's and good. it... That's very you know, good. I, if, you know, if I was them, I never would have done that. Yeah, if you was them, that's exactly what you'd have done. But the thing of it is, you, you are unconsciously, in most cases, you're unconsciously judging that person as what they did is inferior to you. And if you were, if you were in that same condition, you would have done much better than that. Mm, that's what it's saying. Well, actually, in order to do that, it has to be fear-based. Yes, it, it, it can't be love-based. You wouldn't no. be doing it in the first You'd place. You'd be celebrating or helping or facilitating a, yeah. if they're stepping out of love. So now I see the what you're talking about in the science behind what Jesus was saying mm -hmm. is that he is telling us to walk in love. And when you put, when you set a higher standard in your own mind, you set a higher standard for that other person, which really wasn't any of your business start with. But, yeah. you, but you said, if I'd been them, I would not have done that. I'd have done this or whatever. You've set a higher standard for yourself. Now you're going to have to live up to that. Exactly. And, and you've put yourself in a place for the devil to put all kinds of pressure on you. Exactly. And you're, you, you're a setup now for, for brain and mental chaos. Total. That we've been talking about all the time. Now, you're, now your brain is in a compromised position and it, it, it 
can't handle it. Exactly, that's totally true. Because you see, uh, what I say the gift is, I know we know, I'm not talking about the um, spiritual gifts, I'm talking about the gift from God, that He has made us each unique. So He has laid down a unique way that we each see the world. And each of us is a piece of the puzzle. And so if we're not fulfilling what we're supposed to be doing, then the whole world suffers because only Kenneth can do what Kenneth can do. Only Gloria can do what Gloria can do. Only I can do what I can do. So if I envy your gift, I destroy, I suppress mine, create brain damage, and then create an, a negative entanglement with, with you because it's now, I'm, that, that envy and jealousy is from, is from the, the toxic side. It's from the lies and illusions of the enemy that we've chosen to listen to. And that just, destroys our own brain. And then that can impede our relationship. And because we're in, you know, so this goes down this dark hole of chaos. And that's not our design. So what the, what the world, I believe, has done is by trying to measure and categorize people and, and take away the uniqueness of man, we've taken away a huge part of our humanity. Because now we're trying to say, you've got to be like this, this is that, that. The only thing we've got to be like is what the Word of God says. They did the same thing with, with the different ethnic groups. Yes, Different exactly. races and so forth. It's trying to pit one against the other. It's trying to pit yeah. man against... Because the enemy wants us to be against each other. His greatest desire is to create chaos and, and confusion. So if he can make everyone fight and argue and not like each other and be envious of each other, we're going to be so involved in that chaos, we can't listen to the gift that God has placed within us, which is the unique way that we think, the, hu the unique way we perceive the world. And through that, we then produce fruit. We do whatever it is we're supposed to do. So if we are aligned with God, and meditating on the word day and night, like the Bible says. In other words, letting the Holy Spirit say, okay, Lord, what must I say now? How should I respond now? What should I be doing in this situation? We can do that all day long because that is our brain design. Our brain is designed to be led by something. And that something is someone is God, not the enemy. But if you block the enemy, you step out of your gift. Your gift is released when you are in alignment with God. So when His Holy Spirit's firing up your brain, your brain steps into what it's supposed to be doing. Then we listen to God. We don't envy, we don't jealous, have jealousy. We won't be whining and moaning. We won't be blaming everyone for everything. We'll be taking responsibility. We'll, we'll be living like the Word of God says we're supposed to live. But if we don't operate in our gift, if we block this unique way of thinking, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to fire us up, if we allow ourselves to be measured and categorized and told, you're no good at this and you that and that and you only this and that one aspire to that one and that person's achieved that, so be like them. You can't be like that person. You can't. And if you envy, why have they got that fancy thing and why have they got that job and why have they got this? As soon as you do that, you're in chaos land. You're in whiny moany land. You're in block your gift land. I call that the gift blocker as soon as we get into that zone. So we've got to stop people doing that and stop them looking at others and look back to who God made you. And that's what I try and teach with this concept. Um, try and show people how they function. And you know where it, where it was birthed from was as a therapist, because for 25 years I practiced clinically. Now I go around the world teaching this stuff, so I don't see people individually anymore. I don't have time. But I was very concerned, and I mentioned this in the first broadcast, that I was trained just to teach people how to compensate. So a patient would come to me. I would then have to measure what they couldn't do, tell them more stuff that they already knew they couldn't do, so make them feel even worse about themselves, and then kind of just put a plaster on the wound. And I thought, this is not what God's trained us, given us the word for and life for, life more abundantly. That's not abundant life. So I thought, well, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to show me how can I understand this uniqueness of man. And he took me down a path of research 
where I developed a theory, which is his stuff. When I say developed, he inspired me to, to create a theory of this whole thing of how uniqueness works and how mind changes brain. That's pretty much what my theory teaches is how we are unique and how our mind can change our brain. And when we follow the word of God, we do it properly. That's really a simple version of my theory. And what I wanted to do was before a patient, before I went and tried to work out what a patient was battling with, I wanted to first find out who were they? Who are you? How do you uniquely think? What is your unique perception? What is it that you can do that no one else on this planet can do? If I can understand that and we can grow that, then we can look at all these issues and one by one, you with your love, pound, sound mind, you can deal with those issues. So through that, I developed a, um, a profile, which you can maybe talk about in the next broadcast, to help people to start understanding what this feels like, giving people a tangible way of understanding this uniqueness, this wired for love perfection. I'm gonna ask you something. As we move in into this, how, I, I, I know, I already know that it does, yes. but how does it improve the memory? People are, are dealing with, with memory and thought problems. Uh, the whole world is dealing with it. Oh, yes. It's a, and, it's a and universal thing. And the, the worse our environment gets and, and the, the inefficiency of the brain, then the worse the memory gets. Exactly. And the, the thing that is so insidious mm -hmm. about memory loss is you forgot that you forgot. Yeah, that's the horrible so, thing. So the whole, the whole function is slowing down and you don't even know it. it but yet at the same time, you, you're, you're trying to do things, you're under a lot of pressure to get a lot done and, 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 and all of that, but you just wind up the day coming out behind. Um, and and that's, that's where most people are. It is memory, memory, memory issues are, as you say, a major worldwide thing, and that's one of, it's a global issue. And, um, it's, and it's, it's, it doesn't affect just one age group, it is a problem throughout. Now, there's many reasons why memory has got worse across the world in terms of like education, kids at school, and you know, just lifestyle. A lot of it's to do with lifestyle choices. And the greatest factor, though, is disciplining the mind. That is, I, I studied, 30, studied the, the concept of memory also for nearly 30 years now. And I've been trying to understand how we build a thought, which is memory. A thought is a memory. So what is the process of building a memory or building a thought, which is learning? So when you build memories, you are learning. And how do you do this and how do you keep them in your head and how do you improve your memories? That's what I've been studying for all these years. And the key underlying factor is to recognize how you process information, which is this gift thing that I've been talking about, and discipline. It's discipline. It's really when Paul talks about running a race, memory is running a race. Memory is a disciplined repetition daily. And as you're doing that, your brain changes. The structure of your brain changes. A lot of people, because of our instant quick fixed society that we live in, we tend, we tend to not pay enough attention to things for long enough. Most people will focus on something. Um, unfortunately, the majority of viewers watching this broadcast will be excited for the period of this broadcast, and then they may do nothing 
nothing with it afterwards, which is unfortunate. So we're going to pray that that doesn't happen. And that, but the, the, what I'm saying is that the majority of people will hear new information and by day three or day four, they've lost the discipline of actually carrying what they're excited about learning new stuff, they don't push through, they don't spend the time daily, the rigorous, disciplined, hard work, renewing the mind to change the brain, it takes time. It takes 63 days to build a stable memory, minimum, that's one memory. It takes 63 days of daily focusing on information to be able to stabilize a memory. So what's wonderful about your broadcast is that you run the same concept over 14 days, or well, two weeks, so it's 14 days. So people are hearing the concepts, so that's really good because if you can get the same concepts in on a daily basis, if it's a new, like this is a new concept that we're talking about on these broadcasts, if people can hear a little bit each day, by day 14, the mem your brain has changed quite dramatically in terms of the proteins, etc. that are required to, to build the memory. But it's still not enough. They still have to spend another at least seven days to stabilize the information and then an additional 242 days looking back, listening to the broadcast, reading the material, um, and probably more than that because there's so many concepts. But if you really want to make this change your life, you're going to have to spend time. You're going to have to spend time doing it. Like you always tell us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If get in the Word every day. You can't just read a scripture once, a healing scripture once. I mean, this is really your world. And then think that when you're in that bad place that you're going to even remember the healing scripture. You need to memorize a whole lot of them. You need to have implanted and the implantation Word. The implanted mm -hmm. word of God will save your soul, James 1.21. It's that implantation that is memory. Memory is an implantation. So when we discipline, discipline in, uh, when we discipline our minds to implant, that's when you'll build memory. And if we do it in a toxic way, we can implant toxic memories that will interfere with the good memories and also cause chaos. You keep bringing up the bad thing. Yes. You keep bringing up the good thing. Well, Jesus said, out of the good deposit of a good man's heart, right. good things come to pass. Exactly. Out of the evil deposit of an evil person's heart, evil things come to pass because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, the mouth speaks. speaks. Exactly. So you build, you deposit, you build the thought, you speak. And you're the depositor. Exactly. Oh, you're yeah. the depositor. Or you allow someone else to deposit. But you still got to process that. No one. But you're the person. Use a, you have to still take that and deposit that. What people speak in your life is just a seed. You still have to plant the seed. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what Mama. memory is. Memory is planting seed. It's and the sower of the seed. <laughs> Next broadcast. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org/notes.